Hello and welcome to a new Needle Movers podcast episode. On this episode, we're going to go slightly different, and rather than discussing a direct book topic, we're going to continue our conversation from last week. Valeria and myself noticed that we tend to just continue talking after the episodes stop recording and we've completed, but we figure it may be of value, and if so, here it is. If you like it, let us know. If you'd want more like it, please let us know. We've done an episode previously to this taste and find it more, I guess, off the cuff, candid and still informative, hopefully. <laughs> oh, and one thing to note, um, these episodes tend to have even more explicit <laughs> in their tone. So, yeah, if you're not sensitive to uh, explicit language, feel free to switch off. With that being said, we hope you enjoy. Like, dick money fucking sits. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Every fucking time, we just talk afterwards and then never record it. Say what you're saying anyway. Uh, uh, there, there was this one particular story from, from the book, which is hilarious. Um, which is obviously, like I mentioned, that uh, Branson, um, I think he was neurodiverse. I think he had dyslexia, if I remember correctly. And uh, it was a bit of a handful, to say the least. And one time, his mom wanted to teach him a lesson. So he put him in the car and uh, drove into this place and kept on driving and driving and driving and then she stopped the car she was like we're here I was like okay where are we he gets out of the car she closes the door and be like make your way back home <laughs> she wow. left him in the middle of nowhere and she drove back home and she wanted him to make his own way back home to be self-sufficient wait what is that child abuse you just explained <laughs> how old was he um, I think he must have been like eight or nine or ten, I think. Oh, okay. That's not wild at all. Prior to phones being existent, it's wow. How far was it? Was it very far? What, tell it, me what it, happened it, after. I don't even remember this story. Uh, well, clearly he made his way back, but he's he looks back at it now and it's like, oh yeah, it's a lesson. I learned like a bunch of things from it. But nowadays, that lady will get like imprisoned. <laughs> crazy i love that he's like yeah it's a lesson that, that like i said there's mindsets to have about these things you were abandoned by your mother she gave you an option and there was a chance of failure that was <laughs> oh man but that, i think that's testament to his mindset if you think like the fact that his mom left him somewhere at eight and not only did he make it home but he uses it as a yeah this is this is well i guess that's it isn't our minds like the most malleable at those ages as well so we take that and be like this is gonna shape me. <laughs> She's made a person out of me. It, it, it is, but it, it can go the wrong way as well, right? Like from that point on, you can have like abandonment issues for the rest of your life. Not even abandonment. You, she, he was abandoned. It's not an issue. It's a, it's a fact. Also, I thought you could have had kidnapping issues. Just a lot of other version issues. Like, I, I, I guess that was before uh, Stranger Danger, which happened in uh, in the eighties, right? <laughs> Just because you're not aware, you just... it's funny. That's a campaign. Stranger Danger existed before the 80s. <laughs> Unless you talk about it, it's not real. Imagine someone had pulled up with like sweets in a van, like, hey man, I'm an ice cream truck. You, sir, look like a big white van. <laughs> go. That's wild as shit. Oh my gosh. But still, you can laugh about it now because his story is a successful one. Uh, it pulled pulled forward i'm trying to think of other stories i liked from it like there was two more lessons i think that you had that we didn't even get into one was about passion of course which was kind of like start with why if you think about it teamwork uh listening tea oh, wait, i've already just said team 
I mean, the, the filler, the filler one was huge because um, uh, yeah. do I remember? Do I remember correctly when uh, his Virgin uh, Galactic exploded and he killed the crew, didn't it? Was it him? I couldn't I tell if it was, it was him or Bezos. It was a weird competition. You, the, the time, just a slight tangent. The time we're living in, where billionaires are just showing their dicks, is fucking weird as hell. Him and Bezos were both racing rocket ships, and Zuck and fucking Musk are like, oh yeah, <laughs> we'll literally fight. In a Roman Roman Colosseum, which is hilarious if you go back, because all I see, even though I know what I'm seeing, like Zuck has gotten ripped and he's like doing proper fights, but I'm seeing like two guys, two nerds who like really like fancy fighting, were like, yeah, let's take this to the to the stage. <laughs> and if this was like back in school days, they probably have wooden sticks and shields and be like, get back. No. And it'd be the most fragile fight. It's about to be an uproar, like proper, proper, which I'm expecting to like, I was tempted to get tickets, but I'm just like, Oh, the billionaires are going to have a cage match, basically. Mate, mate, it wouldn't even be like sticks and shield. It would be like Dungeon and Dragons fight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is what I mean. It's like they they got rich is what happened. Those same kids got super rich. And now they're like, let's settle our differences like men, which is what are the female billionaires up to? They are probably like being reasonable and like normal people, unlike those men billionaire that I have to. That's their first mistake. Move the dicks around. That's their first mistake. Was this? Wait, what caused this? It wasn't Threads, right? This was before Threads. Maybe it is about Threads. Is this just a marketing campaign that they agreed on? Everything's marketing. If I look too hard, too too close to it. It's it's fucking wild. I don't know, but yeah, Branson on the other hand, he, yeah, I'm pretty sure one either him or uh, Mr. Bezos were um, their rocket exploded. I think it was Branson's. I think I remember that. And then I remember when he did his flight, he just like skimmed, <laughs> like it was like he skimmed space, and he was like, yeah, he did it. But I, I mean, like, and I know you refer to it as a, as a I don't know a dick contest, but it really is. If you look at Bezos's space rocket, it literally looks like a dildo. Wait, man. Honestly, everything's a dick. Uh, what is it? Dick measuring contest. But it's funny because all of the like jokes included. That's what's gotten us a lot of boosts in technology, like the space race. What is that? Oh, you gonna get to space? I'm gonna get to space first. What? <laughs> we gonna make? Hey, figure out how to cure cancer quickly. This bitch is looking at me with two eyes, and I don't like it. It's just such a wild. But then we like make such advancements. We get to so many like new discoveries along the way. Scientists must get so excited when uh, rich people get angry and give them carte blanche to just go go crazy, go ham. Uh, especially when the rich people are smart themselves. <laughs> In this case. Like, they're undeniably smart. It's funny that we... And it's funny, they make products and they're like... They've proven themselves to be modern-day geniuses. And we're like, yeah, that's dumb. (laughs) (laughs) That's stupid as hell. What is this book of faces? I don't want to get involved. (laughs) Or or what is this X Twitter? Oh, yeah. This man changed the whole name. I fully forgot he did that. I I was out the loop and then one day I kept seeing it like, it's called X. It's like, damn. Well, after... well. Do you remember what he called his child? Because I don't, but I remember it was like a hard maths equation that I don't think I'd have passed in uni. So who knows? In any case, <laughs> back on topic of Mr. Branson. What was he? Okay, so I know that there was a cruise, just a pivot, a different story, not even about anything besides the fact, well, kind of. 
So I have friends who went on a cruise, uh, this couple, and one of them is an engineer, uh, but he's an artist. And he has this whole sustainability uh, business that he's trying to run. And he's got this great idea. And he was on the cruise. And lo and behold, who did he see on the cruise but Richard Branson? And they were like crossing paths on some stairs. And he took that as his opportunity to say, hey, how you doing? Uh, I want to pitch a thing to you. Or not in those words. It weren't like, you know, a rapper. <laughs> hey, man, listen to my demo tape. But it, not only did he give him the time, he then said, I heard you do records. <laughs> <laughs> but he set him up with people in his business, the company to talk about it and follow through. Now, I've not caught up with that friend yet. I'll get back to them. But it was like, they talk about shooting your shot. But yeah, that was, um, it's kind of weird. Because do you know, I feel like how many things do you have to forego to maintain the steadiness to do that? You've, come across an extreme billionaire who could probably make dreams come true. And you're like, not only am I, yeah, what is it? it? Luck is when opportunity meets preparation. Yeah. So at that point, he was prepared. He stayed composed. He was like, this is just another thing and managed to shoot shots in the way that others would just maybe scream, stand still. You know, they don't have anything planned from it. Uh, and yeah, I feel like that's testament to it. Now, I don't know if it goes nowhere. Maybe that's a failure, <laughs> which isn't bad. Because like, if you take his well him being richard branson's mindset then it's a um it's a great step for you to get back up dust yourself off and pull from but otherwise it's just a great success and the worst case that could have happened there was he didn't do it and lived with regret right oh yeah exactly so it's just curious to me it's interesting but that's why it's funny with branson and and and, and i think people fear more and i know i do as well like if people fear more rejection um than or how can I say this? Like, yeah, they, they fear rejection, right? So just the thought of being rejected is what stops them from uh, from doing the act. Whereas if you actually did it, there's a possibility, 50-50 possibility, depending on your preparation, that things could go right, but things could go wrong. But also if they go wrong, they're probably not even going to remember you. Yeah. But I, uh, th- th- what makes me, what this uh, feels like to me... <laughs> So have you ever had those kits that come with those little pricks that you have to inject your finger with to get blood out? Oh, yeah, I had that. Yeah, same. Tiniest pinch. Done it many times. Super tiny pinch. However, (laughs) for me, it's such a heavy hurdle. I've got better with time, but I will never forget the first few took me forever. I'd go in the bathroom. I'd be like, I'd be there for ages. I was like, ah, let me shower. Maybe I need to make it this. No, it needs to dry naturally. Okay. And then I'm just holding my finger, pushing it trying to get as close to this thing as possible just to get a tiny prick that will open it up and let me get blood out. I hate it so passionately. Oh, oh you're just like that, holding it in place. And you're like, yeah. okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> exactly. Literally just all I need to do is push harder. Nope. And you just want it to do it itself. Maybe they should make an auto one so you don't get a choice. They probably have that, but it's just funny. Just holding like, maybe I'll do it. And it's that's what it feels like to me when you... um you take something so small and make it the biggest thing. Like there's a uh, opportunities like this and you're like, nah, I can't, it's too big. And it's like, literally it's just a prick. Like once you've done that, you could solve so much. You could find out your history, your ancestry. You can find out what's right with you. You could resolve whatever issues you're having. You could give a blood test, whatever it is. All of that, all that's holding you back is a little, it's pressure, literally a slight pressure. 
that could help you out. <laughs> and that's what comes to mind when you're speaking. I was like, that, that is the exact feeling where you're just, just like you said, pushing down, but not right. Like getting to the point where it will just give you a small uneasiness and it heals by itself. It gives you plasters, but you don't even really, okay. Don't, I'm not a doctor, <laughs> but me personally, I don't really need the plasters because it closes up immediately. It's not right, you got a bubble, man. You just got a bubble. You got a plaster. <laughs> Saliva. <laughs> Take care of it, but it's true. I think, um, do you think you're an adrenaline junkie in any way? I don't think so, no. Do you think that holds you back? Maybe. I've never considered the two or likened the two, but I don't think everyone who's like successful is an adrenaline junkie, but I do feel like, you know, there's risk. Actually, there's a film I've started, uh, which is old, Uncut Gems, Adam Sandler. It, he, he's been doing these films of recent where he's playing much more serious roles and this is one of them but in the beginning of it spoiler alert he basically he owes 100k he like goes into a place and still bets like 24k because <laughs> he's like I've got to win and it's like the opposite there's people who's risk averse and there's people who just don't care a risk like took a watch no took a took like some jewelry from someone very famous and immediately went and pawned it uh thinking he can get his money back like there's just so many aspects that are just wild to me which like okay some of them are just you know you're not being um what's the word smart or you know you're not having a plan or whatever but it's still there's that mentality because you risk big you win big basically and mm-hmm. so I wonder if that's a mindset as well where it comes to business that some people have that work out for them. Like, you know, about one way and two way doors. Yeah. So we introduce a lot of concepts that make us feel a bit more relaxed. And I think that comes back to like Richard Branson's um, one about, you know, risk, but have a, it's not a backup. I think he called it like a safety net, something that you can fall on and it doesn't need to be too high. So what was the one about where he did, Oh, I'm trying to think of what it does. He's launched a venture, but he already had something as a backup to it. Give me a moment. I'm actually going to look this up. It was... Whoa. I think you told me about it. Yeah. So, but yeah, it was protecting the downside. So... uh when yeah, I think we talked about it. Virgin Atlantic. He'd already made a deal with Boeing. So when he started his flights, flight company, he'd already made a deal with Boeing. So to return the plane if the business didn't work out, was he the person who like rented a plane? Yeah, and he was like, if in case this doesn't go anywhere, I can return it. And now Virgin Airlines <laughs> is like that, and British Airways are like self same same to me <laughs> in a way. There's so many others, but Virgin Airlines seems very much in place as a standard flight operator and whereas british airways is british airways virgin is just you know international it's global it's wherever they used to be in nigeria just doing between two two areas within nigeria like mobile areas within nigeria was it like it tried to fly out there was that as well but i was like there's this and there's this and so it's like yeah it takes risks the virgin airways one is, is really interesting because that literally started from him taking a flight either i think he's from puerto rico uh trying to get back to uh to 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 england and his flight got cancelled and instead of throwing out a tantrum 
And instead of like throwing a hissy fit around the situation, which is what all other customers were doing, he went and chartered a plane and then he sold tickets to every single passenger that was supposed to be on the cancelled flight plane. And as a joke, he just put on a sign saying, welcome to Virgin Airways or something along those lines. And people just bought the ticket, they flew, and then someone went up to me and said, you know what, this airline isn't too bad. Just polish up a little bit, give better meals, and I think you'll be in business. And that's literally what he did. He polished up, he gave like fancy red uniform to everyone that worked in uh, in Virgin, and it became a huge success from that one charter plane. I've got too many questions. <laughs> Firstly, he bought out his flight because he just wanted to do, was it with the intention of making sure that people had to buy a different flight instead? Well, it was with the intention of getting people home. So he was actually offering a solution to okay. a bad situation. It's like, you can come on this flight, but you'll have to pay for the ticket. And then yeah. when he did that, Someone did the, um, you know, gave some input and he took it the Michael Jordan way of, I took it personally. He <laughs> <laughs> was like, oh, you say I should polish this up? I'll polish this up. I'll make a whole industry out of it. That's wild. And it's it's crazy what some, honestly, I do, like I have a, a secret passion for like off the cuff statements that make a good positive impact. I'll say positive because some people try and use it for, you know, powers for evil. But I do like that where someone's like, this is really good, you know, just... If you just did a few things different, it'll be really business. And he's like, not only is that facts, but I'll do exactly that. <laughs> There's, what's do you know what the color, the reason why Virgin and Red like match so much? Like, what's that about? I've got no all idea. Virgin. That's why I'm just yeah. expecting you're the Virgin Guru. <laughs> nah, I've got no idea. I'm, I'm sure I read it somewhere, uh, but I've got no idea. Do you miss Virgin Cola? Neither do I. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was the best color in the world mate <laughs> but no yeah i think it's a i don't know the the lives of billionaires so there's i don't know if he has a film there is air and there is tetris have you watched either of them because i've not yet nope okay but if you read um what's it called phil knight what was it the mikey story um yeah uh shoe dog shoe dog that's the one uh which i think is in, de- depicted potentially in air. So I'm going to check it out and see if it's like it. We should definitely, this is, this is just behind the scenes at this point. <laughs> I don't care. We should do an episode on, um, I think we have it lined up, right? Yeah. At some point this year, we're doing shoe dog. I think, I think that's going to be super interesting to listeners if they, cause it's, uh, oh, I, I like that book a lot, especially to hear he was, uh, so I'll say this billionaires are not like, the same you can clearly tell this we're talking about them racing okay yeah they will want to go to space or they want to start their airlines um i'd say they're not even billionaires this is because there's so many these are just the ones in the limelight right they're specific ones that stand out in the limelight and some want to fight and some but they're not the same and so hearing the mikey one where he's like <laughs> he didn't like the name he didn't like the, the like the <laughs> bless you bless you the image you. and stuff and still uh Look, he accepted it. You know that disagree and commit piece where it's like, yeah, I don't want this, I don't want that, but okay. And he, well, look at Nike now. It took me so many years to say Nike, by the way. UK really teach us to say Nike. It's it's a hard habit to change, but yeah, it's a interesting, I guess, difference. And I think you can tell Branson's different from them, right? Yeah, that's true. And what's interesting about Nike, though, is that the um the the Nike founder 
face, Mr. Knight. Forgot his first name. Yeah, Phil Knight. Phil Knight. Uh, he actually came from a privileged background. Mm. So that's that's what is interesting about it. It kind of always goes back to what's your unfair advantage. And I think mm. his unfair advantage was that he came from a privileged background. He was actually able to go um, traveling yeah. in between, uh, I think, some sort of a gap here between school and um, and uh, getting a first job. So uh, it, it's always interesting to see those, um, um, those different perspectives. It is. Ah, oh, I almost forgot that he did come from a privileged background. But I, it also makes me remember that part of your unfair advantage might be the personality that you are, um, maybe your environment or your family or whatever you're shaped into. Because again, you could have that privilege go take a gap year, but then how you then go about it and what you do next, uh, and that passion that you have because of it, or like the way that. That's why I even asked you the question of the, um, what's that thing? Adrenaline junkie. Because that, in this context, in this specific context of the Virgin Way, seems like an unfair advantage. Having that as your, you know what I mean? Mm. As that your driving factor. And then also having the blanket to fell. Like, hey, Boeing, I'm going to negotiate this contract so good that I get to get the plane back if this fells. I've had COLA happen. I don't want it again. <laughs> like, uh yeah, that's an unfair advantage. And mm. I'm wondering, like, if there's ways or other ones that we don't see. I, I do like uncovering them, though, because I wouldn't uh, ex- assume that. You just think being an adrenaline junkie works out if you want to be like a, I don't know, paraglider, bungee jumper, you know, people like that. But no, it could work in all aspects of life. Mm. By the way, I've just been eating that cabbage like this, and you've not mentioned anything. Yeah, because you're a rabbit and you're weird. So I just expected it from you. I figured your bunny ears were going to pop out at any point. But <laughs> why Why are you eating cabbage? <laughs> Is this just your habit? Yeah, yeah. I was hungry, man. There was an early thing in the fridge. <laughs> That's our cue. We go close whatever this episode's called. <laughs> After hours or whatever. I'll figure out a name at some point. <laughs> But yeah, if you're still here with us and you haven't got bored listening, thank you. Uh, find us on social medias. I've still been your host, Mark Jasons. <laughs> oh, and I've been your co-host, Valerio the Bunny Tommaso. <laughs> and if you're wondering why I call myself that, is because I was eating cabbage running from a mark while I was recording. Oh, good lord. Until next this, time, and go on. This, this is cabbage from my garden, from our allotment. Oh. This is homegrown cabbage. Okay, so there's two things about that. I wanted to like, oh, we're, we're going to keep this rolling. Purely based on two things. <laughs> Firstly, I was like, oh, that's cool. It's your own cabbage. But then I saw what you were eating from. A clear glass tray uh, <laughs> with plastic over it. Which means you literally took out a whole... I thought you had like, which is weirder. To me, it was fine if you just had the bowl of cabbage and you were just peeling it off and eating that. I was like, yeah, he was starving. He's weird. Fine. But instead... You have shredded, cut down Shut cabbage. <laughs> Made for the explicit purpose of just being consumed by you and your rabbit life. Oh, you're random as shit. I, <laughs> I literally thought you were feeling it. I'm like, that noise was him just bunching them together and chewing. Jesus Christ. Okay. We ask no questions. He'll tell no lies. Okay, that's been us. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>